Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. So welcome to the final episode of Let's Talk Loyalty for 2020. Now, I realize for many people listening all over the world, 2020 is probably a year that a lot of people are going to be glad to have behind them. So whether people suffered maybe with um, any physical illness, any financial impact, or even I really believe the psychological impact of the pandemic. Um, First of all, want to say, okay, we've come through hopefully the worst of it and uh, very much looking forward to 2021. Um, From our perspective here from the show as Let's Talk Loyalty, I really wanted to particularly extend my thanks, first and foremost, to Epsilon Europe um, for becoming my very first sponsor of the show way back in April of 2020. I also want to thank Comark out of Poland, who've done some extraordinary work with me this year. And the third sponsor I also want to thank is Epsilon Asia Pacific, um, who again have started working with me just in the last couple of weeks. So to all of those three brands, thank you so much. We couldn't do the show without you. And without further ado, I'm going to get into some incredibly interesting content. So today my guest is an inspiring entrepreneur by the name of Mats Matheson. Now Mats is a Norwegian uh, by nationality and he has a number of claims to fame. First of all, he is the chief executive officer and co-founder of a technology company called Hold, which I'm going to talk through obviously in great detail and throughout the conversation today. But alongside that company, or perhaps because of it, Mats has been named one of Norway's top 30 under 30 entrepreneurs by leading Norwegian financial newspaper. He has also been named one of the 30 under 40 leading uh, entrepreneurs by Loyalty Magazine out of the UK. He has also been quoted extensively by the BBC, by the Financial Times and other brands like Deloitte. So an incredibly interesting person to talk to with some great insights on loyalty. So first and foremost, Mats Matheson, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Yeah, thank you so much for having me as a part of the show. Delighted to talk to you, Mats. And I really, I find the work that you do very inspiring, um, as you know. And I think the reason I find it inspiring is there's so much that you're aware of that's going on in marketing terms that I certainly wasn't at the least bit aware of. So... <laughs> I think the intention of today's show um, is really just to to, um, to give the loyalty professionals listening a sense of some of the topics that you're addressing with your own platform. So before we get into Hold as a concept and exactly what you've built over the last five or six years, um, as always, we always start the show by asking about our favorite loyalty statistics. So Mats Matheson, what is your favorite loyalty statistic? I think that my favorite one is... It's connected uh, to several ones, actually. So if you start out, uh, one of the most important things about building a good loyalty program, for example, is to make sure that people use it. And I think very few, uh, or some, some people at least, don't take it into account that actually 54% of members are churning the first day. You invest a lot yeah. of money into getting them on board, but yeah. then they're gone. And yeah. that's for me, at least, from at least the perception of what we and Hold are trying to uh, do here is to actually build mm. this habit 
Um, and what we see connected is that the first time we, or you get people, one person into the store, it's a 27% higher chance of that person coming back again. Mm-hmm. But if you mm-hmm. get him second time, the chance is 40, uh, uh, 45%, and then the third time, 54%. And what that I mean is, uh, it's very important to actually keep them engaged, not only engage them the first time, because mm-hmm. then the the kind of the importance of this world is not there anymore. Absolutely. And I can imagine now the CFOs in many of the companies uh, for, for listeners, for example, you know, if you, if you really were honest and said, you know, we're going to build this loyalty program, we're going to spend a lot of money doing that. And then 54% of people who join will never, never engage a second time. I think they'd be pretty shocked and, <laughs> you know, mightn't help the business case in the first instance, eh? Uh, but that also is connected to what kind of KPIs you're setting for yourself. Because yeah. it might be that you try to set like number of number of uh, downloads, number of sessions in an app, for example. But the number mm-hmm. of downloads doesn't have anything to say about the actual number of people coming to your store, actual number of people coming back again. And it's yeah. more so that's the understanding the data behind it. I think uh, that's the thing that it's of course very important to build a good program that's actually solving the problem yeah. that you have instead of because it's yeah. not uh, one one solution fits for everyone you have to sure. have your personalized program in order to make it work for you Absolutely. So I would love to um, get you to explain Hold as a company. Um, And I suppose really the story behind it, Matt. So, you know, my definition or understanding is you describe it as ethical technology, um, you know, really based on an insight around a concept, which I can't believe dates back, I think you told me to 2006, around this idea of um, mindful marketing, which I believe is a huge trend that we as consumers are all very much keen for our loyalty programs and brands that we interact with to actually communicate with us in this new way. But I think um, the whole problem that you identified was around this concept of digital distraction mm-hmm. and how can we address that as, um, as a really big problem in society. And you built a technology solution to address it. So I'd love you to tell the story of where it came from and what you've built. Mm, of course. And um, so uh, to understand a bit where it all, all, all started out, we were three students studying together at Copenhagen Business School. We struggled mm-hmm. a lot to actually stay uh, focused. We had some clear goals. They want to get a good job. We want to get, get the good grades that we needed. But we were checking our phones like 150 <laughs> times a day. And yeah. it didn't maybe go as planned. Uh, sure. But throughout this time, we actually saw that how much time we wasted on it. And we started yeah. to give ourselves a cup of coffee if we didn't check our phone. So if I didn't check my phone throughout the um, school day, mm-hmm. uh, then my friends have to buy me a coffee. And the wow. fact that we were trying to compete here and also wow. actually getting um, uh, better grades, uh, yeah. It's kind of the competition, uh, the competition part, and actually a real price at them was uh-huh. very effectful. Um, so we, wow. that was kind of the start of hold, and we want we saw that this was a problem not not only that we had, uh, but a lot yeah. of other students as well. 
So that's yeah. why we said, like, well, let's try to create something around this. Um, that was the start of Hold. And Hold okay. is basically an app that gives you, gives you incentives to put down your phone when you want to focus. So okay. you decide what you want to focus on. Uh, mm-hmm. And then for the time you don't check your phone, you get points. Mm-hmm. And those points mm-hmm. you can exchange for maybe getting a free cup of coffee. You could get mm-hmm. a discount from Just Eat. Uh, mm-hmm. But this is where we kind of try to build in this mindful marketing. Because where the brands come into play here is that they want to reach and be engage uh, students, for example. And sure. they want to uh, put the products in the hands of those people. And, mm-hmm. and the students, they want to get better grades. They want to be engaged, of course. And they want to have a better price than what... Because they don't have... The, the, yeah. will, the willingness to pay for a student is totally. maybe not that high um, during the start of the yeah. start. Like you have, you sometimes you're quite broke when you're a student. Uh, totally. We've so, all been there. <laughs> yes. So, and what we saw is that a lot of people struggle to reach students. Like uh, 50% yeah. of uh, people or students use, use ad blocks and it's, uh, stats show yeah. 87% actually don't trust ads. Um, wow. So how to actually yeah. be able to engage them? And for us, it was that we saw that the brands are fighting, like we call the war over attention. The war over attention yeah. is kind of when yeah. you have a limited set of time, but you uh, they all want to... <laughs> kind of engage yeah. you they're like netflix uh, yeah. google facebook and they know so much about you they maybe more more uh, know more about you than you know about yourself uh, yeah they know how to actually trigger you and and that's what we uh, and to put it into context there like if you uh, the ceo of uh, of of netflix reed hasting mm-hmm. said that mm-hmm. they're not competing against hbo they're competing against sleep because sleep is the kind of the limit. That's the additional time yeah. they can engage you. Um, yeah. And wow. that's the um, thing that uh, all these brands or all these plat- all these platforms are getting paid by the number of impressions that yeah. uh, you show you give to them. But it's mm. not on your terms, and that's where we believe is mindful marketing it's uh what we believe maybe the next next generation marketing yeah. because they yeah it's a way that we are purpose uh, purpose driven we care about what the brand stands for and we want to control yeah. our time mm-hmm. and that's what what we felt uh, a student that we take away this push marketing we put the mm-hmm. users in charge and yeah. it turned out to work quite well it's an incredible insight, Mats, um, and I think very relevant because I think uh, many listeners will have seen um, the particular documentary on Netflix um, called The Social Dilemma, which I think for the first time brought maybe mainstream attention to this uh, war of attention that you're uh, referring to. Mm-hmm. And you found it hold back in, what, what year was it? Was it 2015 that you, you started the, the company? 
So we, I don't know if you can call it started company in 2015. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, okay. uh, we we launched launched kind of a prototype in 2016, and that okay. gained a lot of uh, tr- a lot of traction. We still yeah. had two years left to complete to get a, uh, okay. a masters. Um, yeah. But based on that, uh, we said that we need to just spend time on this because we want to solve this issue. And we believe yeah. there a very, very good connection between students getting better grades and brands want to actually engage to them. reach them. Yeah. And I know you've uh, you've had clients or have clients such as Disney, 7-Eleven and Coca-Cola. So um, clearly an extraordinary buy-in. And I think when I first met you, I certainly hadn't realized how big the impact, I suppose, was in tangible terms on the attention, particularly for that cohort, as you said, of, um, of difficult to reach students. So am I right in saying the revenue model then is working with those brands to you know, fund the platform and, and to commercialize it? Yes, that's correct. So the brands are paying a a fixed fee connected to be part of the platform. And Mm -hmm. then they can expose either offers or other competitions, etc. And we give them what we, of course, there are different ways that our brands are interacting with the users that we have. But the one thing that we started out with and really have been trying to nail down is what we call the sampling 2.0. Um, oh, brilliant. So, yeah. uh, because we, if you think about it, how many cans of, Coca- uh, cans of Coke does Coca Cola sample each year? There are yeah. millions, right? They want to get the product in the hands of the people. But yeah. if you question how much data do they have connected to that? Do they know yeah. which person actually picked it up? Do they know mm-hmm. if that person is in their target group? Would that person pick it up again? Those yeah. sort of things is what we believe is lacking in the standard format of sampling. Yeah. And that's yeah. what we want to put into play because um, what yeah. we do with told is that first we start out, we, we do a brand test that we test kind of the brand recognition um, and liking, etc. cetera. Uh, okay. Then we, have to, we get the users actually to invest their time in order to get access to a product. They feel of like... Course. It's not because if you always give away your product for free, yeah. that product will decrease in value. You will not sure. pay full price if it's always a discounted product. Then you expect yeah. to be discounted. So mm-hmm. if, for example, to get a free coffee, you need to invest 17 hours of your time. And 17 wow. hours is a lot of time, but it's also, if you turn yeah. around, if when, you, when that user, after spending 17 hours of focus, of getting mm. brilliant grades, they come into the store, store, and then it's more like it's winning, right? It's more mm. like this yeah. amazing feeling, like I've been <laughs> putting in every effort I need here, and this is the price yeah. provided to me by Seven Eleven. Yeah, wow. And and that is where we believe it's really effectful because you have all these hours of brand thinking, and then yeah. when and that's also why ninety-seven percent of our coupons are getting picked up in store. And if yes. you compare that to maybe the industry average of 4%, wow. because people invest their time, they care about this, care about this. And yeah. it's creating this win-win like I talk about. 
Totally, totally. And just for listeners, Mats, I think I'll just recap on on the the student's journey. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, but let's say I'm, you know, going to university, as you said, in in Copenhagen, and, you know, I've I've got a bad habit, let's say, of checking my phone. So, the first thing I will do is download the Hold app um, from the store. And I know it's mainly in Norway at the moment. Um, Once I have that app, then once it comes to time to study or attend a lecture, I essentially just tap the app and say, okay, now I'm going on hold. So I signal my intention um, not to um, to get distracted. And then it counts up, as you said, up to, let's say, 17 hours over whatever period of time um, where I'm totally in that focused zone. I haven't made calls. I haven't checked Facebook. Um, and after that time, then I earn a reward from the brand. Mm-hmm. So you can browse between the different brands that we have. Um, okay. So, uh, so we kind of treat it as a as a as marketplace. So uh, we like the brand decides themselves what kind of price point they want to like or want to add to their product. Okay. I want to yeah. have. Uh, you, it doesn't have to be free. It could be uh, like one pound off, for example. It could be twenty yeah. percent off. Uh, and but what we see is that. We, we have created kind of a game. We make it fun to put on your phone. And that's where we, yeah. we have the brands that make sure that you have this uh, st- uh, place. Positive to, uh, connection. Yeah, positive yeah. connection to build it on. And then we have the, then we have the high score where we compare it and compete with friends. And then we have mm-hmm. the stats. So we kind of, we treat it like you can get the, when you go to the next level, uh, you get additional variable points or variable prices. So we mm. try to build in because um, we are our our attention span are not probably the yeah. best at the, probably best at the moment, <laughs> and we're getting bored quite fast. So how sure. to make sure that this is hold this in self a kind of loyalty scheme that we kind of you have a pact against yourself, but we just help you yeah. to keep your pact and have a positive yeah. connection to the way you use your phone. Mm, absolutely. And and I know for sure um, my, you know, use of my phone is definitely excessive. Um, increasingly aware of it every time I talk to you. But <laughs> <laughs> so far you haven't arrived in, in my country in, in the UAE now to, uh, to to reward me for disconnecting. But I remember you mentioned as well, Mats, um, that, uh, you know, people are starting to wonder, you know, when is the tipping point where, you know, on our phones, we end up scrolling more in, in, in meters um, than we want in an average day which i thought was shocking yeah it's it's still just it's still a, a long way there but the, the kind of number of uh, meters we increase increase every day it's we're definitely gonna get there yeah. some sometime yeah. but I, I don't i think now it's the average scroll per day is 220 meters or something uh, wow but there's still oh a God. lot based on the number yeah your thumbs just going up and down uh totally. looking for new yeah. content and and that's also thing about all we're not against the way against tech at all we love technology we, ju- we just sure. know it's so hard to get yeah. the things that you want to get done at the time you should yeah. Because yeah. we can, we can just um, if we think about it, if we get a text message or a push message from Snapchat, for example, and yeah. you if you just check it, it takes you twenty minutes to get back to focus again. Totally. 
And yeah. that's where yeah. we see that people just need a kind of a helping hand uh, mm-hmm. and try to treat yeah. it the way that... Uh, so we try to just use the mechanics that games or uh, these platforms are using to keep you hooked. We try to use yeah. the same to make sure that you are able to focus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, brilliant stuff, Matt. So the other um, really interesting stuff we talked about before was what you're seeing in terms of the level of engagement with your platform, depending on the source of the actual um, enrollment. And I thought this was absolutely genius. So um, the two options we talked about is, let's say you put um, an ad on Facebook, which obviously is my preferred uh, platform of choice for for personal use. Um, If I saw hold there, I might might end up joining the platform or alternatively, it could be a friend of mine who tells me about it. So I'd love you to uh, to explain to listeners the, the difference you're seeing um, when you really analyze the source of where your membership is coming from. Hmm. Uh, I think this is uh, very much connected to trust. Um, again, the stats that I shared out today on like very few people um, trust ads, especially this target group yeah um, yeah so um it's kind of with uh, getting a friend to to, in, to invite you you trust more the content and actually there's a solution and the brand behind it uh, yeah while you're trying to showcase something through an ad it's more like mm, you don't trust that at all so what we see is that we included that you get points to invite your friends yeah and you only get 30 points, which is basically an hour off your phone. Uh, but, okay. uh, but that in itself is, we today we have 99% of our users are coming organically to our platform. Wow. It's basically a, a viral effect of people because it's much more fun to use all yeah. with friends. Uh, so building yeah. more of the social type of mechanics. But also... Yeah. Number two here is that also when we get a friend on board or that you invite a friend, the chances of him sticking to the platform, it's much higher. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's more, it's kind of, uh, if you find a way to use this social mechanics, that's one of the most powerful mechanics you can use to yeah. get people engaged and keep them engaged. Yeah, Yeah. And I think that's where the light bulb went off for me, Mats, because the getting them engaged, I was totally clear. And everyone listening to this show, I'm sure has a refer a friend program. But for me, I was really only valuing it as um, an activity that was easier and more cost effective, let's say, to acquire a new member. But what I've never looked at, which is the point I think you made, is, you know, um, after that point, then how do they engage with the platform? How long do they stay? How much do they trust it how much maybe are they talking about it their own friends so i think i had really missed that big um insight about engaging after acquisition rather than just at the very beginning yeah i think that's one of the most one of the most important thing because if you can create this kind of uh, tribe of people uh yeah. to yeah. to support you and th- then that itself is just going to spread so and um, and I think yeah. that that's the thing that people, if you find a solution, how you can integrate that into your loyalty scheme, a way that yeah. users can do something throughout with a friend, not only the mm. first time. Uh, 
Uh, yeah. For example, yeah. you can do a two-for-one offer, but you have to be two people in order to access it, right? Sure. Uh, and because, like I said, there are a ton of ways that you get users to invite users the first time uh, for to get sure. the free drink or something like that. But then yeah. that also connected back to my first stat, which is fifty-four percent are not active more than once. Yeah. And you lose yeah. them, and uh, totally. then that yeah. mechanic doesn't work. Then you, the viral mechanic is actually not viral anymore. It's just totally stopping. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, it is always the holy grail. And I know a lot of people, again, will have, um, you know, great intentions for building something that goes viral. Um, and and very rarely does that actually happen. Um, I think with Hold, certainly you've managed, as you said, to create a, a tribe. And in fact, how many members do you have at the moment uh, in Norway? I think you're still only in Norway. Am I right? Yeah. So uh, more than uh, 50% of the users in or the students in Norway are active users on Hold. Oh my goodness! Uh, so, it's it's kind of how we manage to build. Uh, it's more like a tool, right? It's a tool totally. where the yeah. the where the average user spends five hours on hold each day. It's, wow! It's 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 not only a tool that you pick up once a quarter or once a year. It's something yeah. to interact with, and that's where we see that we can put your brand in the top of students' uh, students' minds on a daily basis. And wow. we see this, how we can move trackers like brand brand recognition, uh, mm-hmm. preferences, etc. Just based on yeah. actually um, throughout the period, creating this habit. And yeah. an example of that is one of the ex- uh, case studies we did with 7-11, with, uh, where, mm-hmm. uh, where we run an offer of... Uh, of um, student coffee so once a day you can exchange your points to get access to a scratch card which you can uh, get either a coffee for free uh, five mm-hmm. kroners ten kroners or the standard mm-hmm. price of 15 kroners with all okay. the people that didn't win uh, they just get a message like but you have really good offers since you're a student but mm-hmm. based on this we saw that uh, 92% will not have gone to 7-Eleven if the offer didn't exist. Wow. So, because they, first of all, they didn't know about the student, uh, that they had yeah. the student offer. Okay. Number two is that they, it's a way that we engage them and mm-hmm. create the habit. And this is where we hopefully can get mm. users to, uh, and then understand what, how can build up the basket value here of the end basket, like, uh, yeah. If we provide you with discount on this product, would that make sure that you buy a coffee on top or like uh, uh, lunch yeah. there as well? And yeah. also, I think if we can learn the entire customer journey, I think mm-hmm. it would be super, super cool. Yeah. And also, I think what those brands are probably um, recognizing is what you've already touched on, in fact, the the power of sampling. So I think we're making a lot of lifelong decisions about the brands we consume when we're in that kind of student uh, time of our lives. So, you know, one thing is, yes, drive the immediate sales and, you know, change behavior um, at that time when I'm in university. But then if I do start consuming, for example, Coca-Cola, Diet Coke or whatever the product might be, it, that the chances are, I'm sure, that that adoption will stay for, for many, many years. So the lifetime value is going to be extraordinary. And, and that's the thing, like, of course, the first first point is to get 
the product in the hand of the people that you wanted to. And then, of course, yeah. they understand why they like it, if it's, they're potentially going to buy it again. Because you can keep on running ads, but if that yeah. target group is doesn't have the willingness to pay for it, doesn't like it, or only liking it during this period of the year, uh, yeah. then then it's kind of understand the complete picture of whom you actually want to reach uh, mm-hmm. and try to personalize it. I think it's important. Wonderful. And I know you're evolving the product now, Mats, um, very much into, you know, students like yourself who've grown up and, and moved out into the business world. Um, I think with this pandemic that that we all know so well, there has been an increase probably in terms of the uh, problem of digital distraction as we're all working from home and um, there's less, you know, separation maybe between um, work and, and personal life. So tell us about the, the way that you're thinking of, um, you know, I suppose building a, a concept for uh, for people who are working, like professionals. And um, so the reason why we kind of explore explore this is first of all that we have a lot of people that uh, were students and now are working. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we saw when well, what we discovered when COVID nineteen hit is that uh, our screen time increased by sixty percent. During this six period. zero? 60%, yes, six zero. Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but it's it's also, wow. it's called it's a new yeah. way of interacting, it's a new way of working. Totally. Uh, and of course, at uh, it took some time for people to adjust. Maybe now yeah. they adjust, but now they're getting sick and tired of working from home. So sure. it's what we saw is that the the people they don't the time management and the task management of actually understanding how to focus what to work on when to take breaks all this kind of thing is something that we could help with and yeah. so we kind of explored further to build the cross plat, cross uh, platform where mm-hmm. students no, not students workers could uh, <laughs> um, yeah. instead of blocking everything you decide what you need access to and then we block okay. the rest and then just decide okay. how long you want to uh, focus on. For example, I'm going to uh, create this create this uh, presentation. Then you only mm. need access to PowerPoint or uh, uh, yeah. search on Google, for example. But you don't yeah. need access to Slack Snapchat. or <laughs> email yeah. or something like that. So to yeah. understand how we can put you into this extreme focus mode. Um, okay. And... For us, we want to just be your productivity trainer. It's kind of the aim here uh, to nice. make productivity more more understandable. Because if you ask mm-hmm. a person, oh, how how much have you done today? How yeah, how, how productive, have you, productive been? have you been? <laughs> but it's uh, it's it's impossible to answer because it's not sure. a very tangible thing. And if totally. we can create that a tangible uh, thing and yeah. give you kind of a metric on it, like a score. Yeah. And mm. then tell you how we actually can improve that, and yeah. that's what we kind of want to want to aim for: getting experts into the product and understand more that how we can help you plan your day, focus mm-hmm. on what's important, and keep yeah. you engaged throughout, and actually learn you. You shouldn't add in ten tasks a day because you're only going to complete four, and then after the day you're going to feel yeah. bad because you didn't complete everything. Yeah. Uh, so 
Yeah, it's a great concept. Yeah. What I also liked, Matt, when I was looking at it on your website um, was uh, it can be used, for example, to, as you said, encourage, um, you know, anyone who's working to really switch on at work, you know, and, and focus. Um, so switch off the phone, switch on to work, but then the reverse at home. So, you know, it's actually, you know, really important that we do have that increasing separation. Mm-hmm. And again, if you can measure that time, like I can see a lot of similarities with the um, the explosion of Fitbit and all of these uh, trackers, um, which again, just measure, you know, whether it's your steps or whatever. And there's just that explosion. Once people are aware how they're behaving or not behaving, all of a sudden, they're just uh, totally inspired to behave in a better way. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But I yeah. think that's, uh, I, I, I hope at least we're onto something that people want to use and of course it's still it's still early in stage on this work uh, product totally uh, yeah but for us i think that we created a product for students because we knew how yeah. students felt and how they were thinking that's yeah. what we're trying to do here with this new product as well because now we have been working we have been uh, uh, taking a journey yeah. from students to become workers and we see yeah, of the type of problems that we want to help with. And especially absolutely. the work-life balance part is uh, very core. And I think that especially people, uh, when people are now maybe sitting home with their MacBook or something on their dinner table or in the yeah. living room, it's very hard to switch off because then, mm. then the last email or the last Zoom meeting is suddenly getting into the dinner part. And you can yeah. you have to create those boundaries. And because yeah. it's, of course, not not, uh, not possible to create that boundaries on a physical sense because of space, etc. But it's definitely yeah. possible to do that on time. Set yourself yeah. very concrete time where you actually should work yeah. when you should take those breaks. Wonderful. Yeah. And am I right in saying then, Matt, if we have um, brands listening who are looking to drive loyalty, um, that that your your platform is is something they can consider um, if they're looking for, for an approach that's uh, something around more mindful marketing? Yeah, sure thing. Like, uh, I think that we've built a very flexible, very flexible uh, platform uh, and have a lot of case studies how actually we yeah. managed to create a, a long-term uh, fix for uh, customers. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. So the final area I wanted to touch on with you, Matt, um, is just around any other emerging themes, I suppose, that um, you're seeing coming through. Um, as I mentioned, you were the one who introduced me to this idea of mindful marketing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you directed me to an incredible number of resources. I know Mindshare in the UK is a massive global agency that predicts trends. And they've been talking about this, I suppose, increasing control that consumers want around how they are marketed to and they're calling that mindful marketing. But are there any other emerging themes that you think as a loyalty industry we should be aware of uh, as we build our programs and go into 2021? Uh, I think the the privacy uh, tracking um, from uh, both uh, Google and Apple and things happening around there and how the data sharing points is how we actually need to take that into account that mm. uh, when platforms like Facebook had 
could share that information across and actually be able to laser target people based on uh, all different kind of actions. But how it's actually even more important to have owned that data and actually be able to yeah. own your own information because that's very, very valuable and build up that customer loyalty base. I think yeah. that's going to just make the loyalty programs even more important. Uh, yeah. And yeah. I, I think one of the things that at least I want to, I believe that you should focus on is more to do this from uh, uh, next next generation, not uh, which is very digital. They're gonna be the largest uh, purchasing yeah. group. Uh, but Certainly. start deciding for for them now, not 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 deciding and not deciding for like what was previously done, because people yeah. gonna adapt a lot uh, and. And that's why I believe it. Mindful marketing or trying to get some purpose in the program that you're doing, mm-hmm. it's going to be very key of actually getting people to engage and actually like your brand. And yeah. I think that if you like it, it's also connected to what we saw as people sharing, um, kind of getting people on board hold. It could mm-hmm. be exactly the same if people like your brand and they're proud of being a part and being part of this tribe. It's just mm-hmm. the same. If you can put yeah. some purpose behind it. Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely right, Matt. I think purpose is um, increasingly important. I think we've, you know, all had a, a sense check in 2020 and, you know, really started to reevaluate who we want to do business with and why we want to do business with them. Um, I think we have, you know, in the past probably relied on interruption marketing um, for too long. And certainly, you know, the gurus like Seth Godin, we all know, has been talking about, I suppose, permission marketing for, for a long time. But I think it's taking on a whole new level um, as we're going forward. Um, I'm loving seeing the, the platform that you're building and the adoption. I can't believe that, as you said, 50% of, of uh, third level students in Norway are using your, your app and, uh, and for, for hours on end every single day. So you're clear, clearly building extraordinary loyalty and fixing a real problem. And I I think it's very rare to uh, to find a solution that you know is really targeted around what does the member actually need like how can we take care of them for their own best interest as you said with them getting better grades also building a business hopefully for yourselves and uh, and building brand awareness and sampling opportunities for brands mm. so it's an extraordinary story is there anything <laughs> else you wanted to to add before we wrap up no I just in terms of the the um, tapping into the purpose part of it again, yeah, um, yeah. because um, just an example of how Seven uh, Eleven um, they they came to us and they wanted to get people to put on their phone while they were driving their cars. Uh, wow! And <laughs> and we really as they think, should. Yeah, like <laughs> no, because that's the, like as twenty six percent of all car crashes are connected to people checking their votes. Yeah, so it's yeah. definitely like a very dangerous zone here. Uh, and they came to us and asked if we can use a, the kind of the platform behind Hold in order to do this, in order to build yeah. in the same mechanics as Hold Student into it. So we created uh, basically just the same app, it's part of the same app, yeah. and kind of in 
centralized people to put down their phone. Uh, yeah. And we partner up with uh, DF, uh, DFT, kind of the Department for Transportation, which were okay. the main partner behind it. So we get the trust behind the, this, uh, this government player that knows everything about the stats and how you should use your phone. But then okay. we get 7-Eleven as a, as a gas station kind Lovely. of connected to it yeah. and actually helping people uh, focus on the road and not, uh, not their phone and saving lives and putting their prices to as kind of the, to get people into their store. But the, yeah. that was kind of, uh, uh, that was an example of how people are able to build and purpose yeah. into their loyalty scheme by solving another problem. Yeah. Wow. That's an extraordinary example, Mats. And, and yes, I think, again, what you're tapping into, I think purpose is something that so many brands uh, realize that if they can connect a purpose um, to their, you know, overall objectives and intention, that uh, people will, will really connect with them more. I think a lot of them struggle how to do it. I, I wasn't aware that 7-Eleven were doing that with you. So it's a brilliant example. And as you were talking, Mats, I was thinking just back to, um, I remember seeing just on LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn recently, just a story about uh, Volvo, who I believe, and is Volvo a Norwegian brand as well? Am I right? So it's a sw- it's a Swedish uh, brand. Swedish. Uh, now I think okay. it's owned by yeah. Uh, they okay. were uh, at least a Swedish company. Okay. Okay. So Scandinavian, because I'm a huge fan of Scandinavian, all the innovation that you guys come out with. But I think it was Volvo who identified the need for a seatbelt. And I don't know if it was 40, 50, 60 years ago, but there was apparently huge backlash, um, which probably resonates actually at the moment in terms of people not wanting to wear masks at the moment with Mm. the, um, the pandemic. But again, I think what you're tapping into is, you know, technology is extraordinarily powerful and positive, but but also um, distracting um, and it can have that, you know, very negative impact, whether it is when you're driving, the most extreme example, um, or as you said, when you're studying and genuinely your your career and your grades are at stake or people like me who, who do need to turn off the phone, as we said, for the productivity. So there's um, there's an awful lot of good that you're doing. So I want to commend you for, um, for the hold app, for all of the success you've had to date and wish you every success you. in the future. Thank you very much. Wonderful. So on that note, I will say to everybody listening, as I said, to all of our sponsors, to all of the guests and interviews that we've talked to in uh, 2020, um, I'm extremely grateful and uh, super excited for 2021. So thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. 
Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews. And thanks again for supporting the show. 